up everyone welcome in to another episode of inside the hoosier mind here on a very overcast day here in the midwest um the weather has actually been fantastic though last couple days it's been sunny it's been in the 70s uh even today even though it's cloudy it's still like in the 70s it feels fantastic i actually went for a walk yesterday um could have even gone in shorts if i really wanted to but decided just with the t-shirt um but there is still so much happening with the NFL offseason. I feel like every time I release an episode, there's something new that happens. And by the looks of it, according to the internet as of right now, there's going to be another big thing soon with Deshaun Watson uh, potentially moving on from the Houston Texans. So I'll save that towards the end so that way I don't. So maybe I can break it through this podcast. Probably not, but we'll see. But... Let's start with something that probably doesn't get as much news or coverage as I kind of think it should. Um, And that's the offseason for one particular team, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So obviously the big thing that was broke out with the Pittsburgh Steelers is the fact of Ben Roethlisberger retired. So now what do they do as far as quarterback of the future and moving forward? Well, Pittsburgh went out and actually signed uh, probably one of the better free agent quarterbacks in Mitchell Trubisky. Now, a lot of Pittsburgh fans weren't exactly a big fan of this because, you know, it's like, wait a minute. You know, there's Deshaun Watson on the table. There's Aaron Rodgers. There's Russell Wilson. And you're getting Mitch Trubisky. Now, Steelers fans, hear me out. It's not the best, most ideal scenario that you'd want. You want a franchise guy that you can trust, that you can believe in, maybe has a lot of hype surrounding him in college, you know, or maybe he's like Russ, maybe he's like Aaron. He's a proven NFL guy. Mitch, it's not like Mitch is necessarily bad. He's not great, but he's not bad. And you guys know that you're going to have to eventually find a journeyman anyway. And this is kind of the bad part that comes basically with you guys being so successful for so long. You guys haven't been under 500 in years. Like, I think 2003 was probably the last time you guys were even under 500. Um, Actually, I'm going to look that up currently right now. Um, But nonetheless, though, you know, he, he was a guy that he managed to win with Matt Nagy as his as his head coach, um, and it's, you you can't really do, you know, you can't really do much better than what he did. Let's see here. Last time, yeah, the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers had an under 500 record was 2003 when they went 6-10. and 10. Before that, it was 1999, they went 6-10, and 10, then 1998, 7-9. So literally... Since 1992, the Steelers have had one, two, three losing seasons in the last 30 years. That's insane. Like, think about that. You know, the last 30 years, three losing seasons. That's it. There are franchises that would kill to have that type of success. So, 
realistically, I would still consider this quite a win. And he's better than what you guys have on your roster currently. You know, you have Mason Rudolph, who, if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I would not be excited about that at all. I would actually be extremely scared. Um, And you have Dwayne Haskins, who to me, I kind of get their idea of, oh, we will get Dwayne Haskins in here. We'll give him a better, basically a better support system. You know, we'll give him, you know, a solid coach, solid franchise. We'll give him, you know, a solid place where he can grow, where he can be mature and where he can, you know, hopefully develop into uh, the eventual franchise quarterback who they probably believe he could be. Um, now, unfortunately, a lot of his attitude, a lot of his on-field play says otherwise, um, but, you know, it is what it is. Now, like I said, we all know Mitch is a journey guy. He's he's a transition guy until Pittsburgh potentially gets in a better spot to grab a different quarterback for the future. This year's draft is not it. Um And the other bad part is because you guys are so good and because you guys consistently, you know, finish at least above 500, 500, you're probably going to be picking in the late teens, about 20s um, for draft picks. And typically not a lot of good quarterbacks are going to be drafted are going to be, you know, still sitting there on the board ready to go by then. You know, we've seen it here and there. And sometimes teams just happen to take a chance. You look at Lamar Jackson. I don't think Lamar Jackson was going to be projected to go as high as he did. You know, the Ravens kind of took a chance. Flacco got hurt. They put in Lamar Jackson. Lo and behold, they found their franchise guy. So, I mean, it, it can happen. I just think the likelihood is, is very, very low. Um, but he's not bad, though. And I will say, too, the moves that the Steelers have made around Trubisky is also extremely solid. Um, they actually ended up signing Miles Jack. Uh, at linebacker, which is huge. And I'm really surprised the Jags even cut him because that's one of their few bright spots that the Jaguars even have. Um, he's only 26 years old and he's played six years under his belt. So, I mean, that's that's a big, that's a big, big deal. And not only that, um, they signed uh, James Daniels, which is a guard from Chicago. Um, now, I know here of lately, the Bears offensive line has not exactly been, you know, the perennial offensive line but you know it is it is somebody new it's somebody very young they can move in um they're going to be rebuilding this offensive line for a while anyway so why not at least get a decent piece that has experience um that they can work with i know they also signed um i believe the center from buffalo yeah mason cole um who apparently yeah, he's a veteran NFL center. Uh, they moved Kendrick Green, who was a 2021 third-round pick, uh, to guard. Uh, and Cole actually has started 32 of 46 career games with the Cardinals. Then he was traded to Minnesota prior to last season. Uh, and then he spent seven games in Minnesota, uh, three of those being at right guard. So, correction, he doesn't come from Buffalo. He comes from Minnesota, which Minnesota also has actually had some pretty decent offensive lines. Again, they're not going to be like top 10, but they're they're above average for sure. Um, they re-signed Miles Kilbrew, a safety, uh, who's been solid for him. And then they, uh, signed a tackle, Chukwuma Okafor, or, yeah, or, or Okarafor. 
is really hard to announce. I'm not even going to continue to embarrass myself by trying to do that. Um, and then they, of course, bring back um, Levi Wallace, who is a cornerback that also played for Buffalo's defense, which is pretty solid. Um, so quietly, I think Pittsburgh has actually had a solid offseason. You know, I think that with adding those pieces in, adding to the defense, trying to rebuild the offensive line a little bit, they know they have a good running back, which really for Mitch, that's kind of what he was missing in Chicago. He needed a solid running back. You look at Najee, he can be the bell cow. He can be the, you know, the speedster. I think he can be really solid if Pittsburgh uses him correctly. Now, the big question is, what are they going to do as far as weapons go? I don't know. Juju Smith-Schuster is supposed to be a free agent. James Washington is supposed to be a free agent. So wide receiver, there's going to be a lot of questions. Um, But I think the future is still, it's not as bad in Pittsburgh as I would probably say other franchises would be in had they done something like this. Um, But, you know, Steelers fans, give give Mitch a chance. Okay, He's, he's not bad. I think he's, what, 29 and 21. So he's not terrible. You can make it work. And again, you know, two, two, three years, kind of see what's out there as far as quarterbacks go. Who knows? Maybe you end up getting a big guy. Maybe you end up able to actually trade, you know, up in the rounds. Uh, if you potentially see your franchise guy, if you're, you know, if you think Bryce Young could potentially be the guy or, you know, sign him, wait a few years, see if you can go get Archie Manning, you know, see if you can get a Manning name in there. And, you know, again, probably one of the best places to put him as far as, you know, being able to grow and having good talent around him and being able to succeed with him. Now, I am going to move off of Pittsburgh here. I'm going to move to my team. So the other team that uh, the Steelers had to deal with throughout, you know, the 70s and the 90s mostly. Um, I'm going to move to the Cowboys. So the Cowboys have done couple couple things this offseason um not exactly good ones but they've done a couple things um obviously i talked about last episode how they traded amari cooper basically for like a quarter of a bag of empty lays potato chips mainly with the crumbs um and then of course it broke this this week about how randy gregory decided that he was not going to re-sign with dallas that he was actually going to sign with denver he signed a five-year 70 million dollar deal basically the biggest reason why uh, the Cowboys actually tried to put in uh, at the last second a um, forfeiture clause, which was basically if Gregory gets hurt, if he gets suspended, if he gets fined, Dallas can recuperate that money back, even if it's from you know years past. Uh, obviously, he was pretty upset about that. He ended up you know saying, "Hey, well, I'm going to take my talents to to Denver. Then I don't need you, and you know appreciate the loyalty, but I'm going to move on." So I'll say this as a Cowboys fan, I get it. Part of me, part of me kind of wishes he would have stayed because this is how I look at this personally. I, I do agree that, you know, they shouldn't be able to exactly come back after his money. Like, okay, hypothetically say Randy Gregory resigned, right? And he's got five years. So 2027, so let's say he goes through the 2022-2023 season, you know, no issues, perfectly healthy, has a decent year, we'll say, you know, 12 sacks, right? And then let's say we move on to the 2023-2024 season. Same thing. Good year, is healthy, maybe maybe he kind of ups his sacks a little bit, maybe he has 13, or maybe he has a down year, maybe he only has like nine, right? So now we're 2025, okay? Three years into this deal, we got two left. And let's say 
something with the marijuana becomes an issue again. He tests positive and the league decides to suspend him. I don't think Dallas should necessarily go after all of the money that they paid. I would say, hey, we're not going to pay you for this season then. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to do that. Or if he gets suspended for maybe doing something stupid, be like, eh, okay, yeah, we're definitely not going to pay you for that. I don't necessarily agree about recuperating all their money because what, what really doesn't matter? What does What is old money going to do for you? Like, if it's 2025... Now, if his cap hit is going to hurt you, hey, Randy, um, we're not going to pay you as much because you decided to do this. This is what's going to happen, and we're going to take some of our money back. Now, if he's been on the field and he's earned it, I got no issues. Like, if he plays all of the 2022 season, doesn't get hurt, doesn't get suspended, nothing like that, that's fine. Now, I will say, too, I if he gets hurt, that's not something I'm necessarily either going to be like, hey, I'm going to take your money back. Like, if you get hurt, you get hurt. You know, that's that's part of the game. This is a extremely physically hard game. And I don't mind if, you know, we pay you even though you're hurt. Because that at least shows me that you were on the field, you tried to be on the field, it just ended up not working out either because of, you know, just bad luck, bad genetics, whatever you want to call it. I don't have a problem with that. Now... The fact that if I'm Jerry Jones and I've had to already send people with you to California to make sure that you don't do marijuana, which that's really the only knock that they have against Gregory, is the fact that marijuana kind of is an issue. Now, the reason it's an issue is because Randy Gregory apparently has social anxiety, which there's a lot of people that I think suffer from that. Um, you know, people like in Gregory's situation... Um, I actually know a few military people that also suffer from that. It's one of those, it's like, we don't like large, I know myself, I don't really care for large crowds of people, especially if I don't know them. I get kind of, I do get kind of anxious. I get kind of uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, where's the exit? I don't know who these people are. I don't know what's going to happen. I need to be able to leave as quickly as possible and get away from it. So for him, he smokes wanna to be able marijuana to be able to calm himself, be able to get himself composed so that he can, you know, effectively interact with the rest of society. So I, I, again, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. It's, I have an issue of if I'm going to put, if I'm going to invest in you, I want a return on my investment. Like if Dallas can work with him, like, Hey, we'll get you an alternative, you know, an alternative solution to the whole social anxiety thing. Like, Maybe we won't have you smoke marijuana. Maybe we'll find a medication you can take that can kind of help you. Maybe we'll find like an ulterior motive uh, or an alternative method of like, I don't know, some type of herbal tea maybe, or, you know, something that would be league compliant. So that way you wouldn't get suspended and you don't have to smoke weed. Like, again, I don't personally care. Now I will say as kind of a meme don't think going to Denver is the best opportunity for you there, Randy. Um, cause Colorado is one of the first States to approve it. So uh, for Denver, good luck. Um, cause I mean, to me, that's what really kind of just frustrates Dallas fans is he had 112 career games. If I remember right, he's only able to play in 53 of them cause over 59 of them, he was suspended or he was hurt. Majority of them, he was suspended. And it's like, I'm not saying he has to only be loyal to Dallas for that, but I'm like, eh, you, 
like high risk, high reward type thing. Don't get me wrong. It's not like big numbers wise. He was producing on the field for Dallas, especially this year. He wasn't really producing as much, but I will say there was a significant you know, difference on the field when you would watch the defense when he was on there. It was a totally, totally different defense. And, and he would, he would be disruptive. He would get after the quarterback and he would 1000% make a difference against uh, whatever team the Cowboys were facing. Now, the other thing that's happened that I have love hate relationship with is that they re sign linebacker Leighton Vanderesh who was the uh, their 2018 first-round pick. They spent it on him. And when it first when they first got him, and he got on the field, and he was actually playing really well, I thought, okay, maybe this really is, maybe they really did see something, maybe he's going to be one of these, like, steals, like they went after him early. Um, you know, his play on the field is really good. You know, I figured, okay, maybe this is one of those, like, Kind of like a Brian Urlacher, you know, like comes from a really small school. You know, it's it's a power. Well, it's not even a power five school because it's Boise State. Um, but, you know, he he's coming from a school that is that's not really known for, you know, big, big NFL players. And it's not like he really made a standout in college. So it was like and maybe they kind of reached on him. So. It's 2018, you put him and another very young linebacker in Jalen Smith together. So Jalen Smith, obviously Jerry Jones took a big risk with him. You know, he got his knee hurt um, in the Rose Bowl with Notre Dame against Ohio State. And you put those two together. And initially, um, for that year of 2018, you know, this was probably one of the best linebacking duos we had ever really seen. Like, they were young, they were fast, um, they were smart, they knew where people were going, they could fly to the ball with no issue. And literally, the very next year in 2019, everything changed. And that is probably what's the most disappointing for me, is of how quick of a flip it was. Because Leighton Van Der Esch actually ended up having surgery in 2019 that basically put him out for the rest of the year. Um, but it's like, he's never been the same since that 2018 season. He's never been the same since. And I don't know if it's because of the surgery. I don't know what it is. Um, when I watch him now, it's like whenever he plays coverage, he's getting beat with little to no resistance. Um, whenever he tries to, you know, stuff the run, you know, blitz the gap, anything like that. The, the running backs are just running over him with, with no issue. And it's like, you're, you're a big dude like this, not saying you have to, you know, manhandle everybody, but you're getting, you're getting bullied by any and every running back that runs through those holes. Like what, what are you doing, man? Um, so they re-signed him to a one-year deal, even after they declined his fifth year option. Now, because he was a first round pick, he gets the fifth year and his cap hit was actually going to be over $9 million. So I get it. They probably signed him to something a little bit cheaper because they're like, yeah, we're definitely not picking that up because um, you're not worth that. But, you know, you're supposed to be healthier now, so we'll we'll keep you in the meantime. Um, to me, I only want him on the team if he's going to be a backup. He is no longer a starting caliber linebacker, in my opinion. He hasn't been since 2018. Um I think with Micah Parsons coming into the fold, who has, who had a fantastic rookie year, 
Um, and we'll see if he has a sophomore slump or not, or if he continues to do what Micah Parsons does. Um, you know, that'll be solid. I'm also, I was really ecstatic when they got Jabril Cox. I thought Jabril Cox kind of fell in the draft and the fact that Dallas was able to pick him up. I thought that was a fantastic pickup for them. Um, and honestly, I really hope they start Jabril Cox and, uh, Micah Parsons both as basically, again, another young tandem linebacker duo that can absolutely be solid for Dallas for years to come. Um, I equivalated a lot to like how Lance Briggs and Brian Urlacher was, you know, they kind of came in about the same time, maybe about a year ish or so apart. I can double check that real quick. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't see why Jerry Jones wants to keep people that they don't really do anything particularly special. Like he, he was great his rookie year. I will give him that. I can't deny that at all, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that, Oh, um, you know, he, he deserves to come back. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's beat with little to no issues at all. Okay. So Brian Urlacher was drafted in 2000. The bears drafted Briggs in uh, 2003. So about a three year difference. Um, still for the most part though, you know, they basically came up in the NFL together. They worked together. They could make up for, you know, the other person's you know, loss, whichever. And they were, they were both solid. Um, and I honestly, I could see, I could see Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons potentially doing the same thing. I would rather them be young and learn together rather than, you know, having some, some dude that, yeah, age wise. I mean, I guess he's close, but talent wise, it, it's just gone. It's no longer there. Either people have figured him out or he's just not the same as he was after he got the surgery. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people have obviously said that Dallas could go after Bobby Wagner. Again, solid player, solid for the Seahawks. I think he does have at least two or three more years left in him. Um, I think if we could bring him in relatively cheap, I wouldn't be opposed. I also wouldn't be opposed to having him in the starting lineup because that, if anything, because this is how I look at being a GM, if I was a GM, is I would want to bring in certain NFL players that I know could teach my guys how to be the position that they're in. Like Bobby Wagner, I can guarantee you not only knows how to play, you know, middle linebacker, I can guarantee you he knows how to play strong side, I guarantee he knows how to play weak side, and I guarantee you he knows how to play inside linebacker. So he would be solid no matter where he goes. Um, and the fact he'd be reuniting with Dan Quinn. Also a significant thing because Dan Quinn is obviously uh, a great coordinator. He completely flipped that Dallas defense around last year, which believe me, I was still extremely suspect of our defense. Um, I didn't even have Dallas winning as many games as they did um, because I thought that defense was just going to, you know, absolutely obliterate them and being able to do anything. Um, but nonetheless, though, um, if they sign Bobby, I think it'd be great because I, I would want him to mentor Micah and I'd want him to mentor Jabril. And then I think that could be, hell, it could even be a, you know, a Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright type of deal um, where you have, you know, two solid linebackers in the same situation as, you know, 
Micah and uh, Jabril and being able to move forward from there with, you know, solid athletic playmakers. So, I, I mean, to me, this, it would make the most sense. Again, not a fan of Leighton Vander Esch signing. I think it's just, I think Dallas is reaching. I think they're very much the type that they don't want to, they don't want to, you know, They don't want to overpay for people, and I get it, but why are you paying little to no money for somebody that isn't really going to make a difference for you whether he's there or he's not? You know what I mean? Um, Now, I will say, too, um, real quick on linebackers. So the Las Vegas Raiders were able to actually sign Chandler Jones, which now, to me, um, the Raiders have kind of a scary uh, linebacking core. Um, and I say that because they they not only now have Chandler Jones, um, but they also signed K.J. Wright last year. Um, they also have Corey Littleton. They have Denzel Perryman. They have Kyle Wilbur. And now you're getting... Um, and now you're getting Chandler Jones. I mean, that's a that is one heck of a uh, that's one heck of a linebacking core. Even even if it is older, that's still a heck of a linebacking core. Like that that's a lot that you can work with as far as you know you well yeah Perryman's you know he's 29. Let's see, they have Patrick. Oof. Patrick O, as I'm going to call him, because he's got a really hard last name to announce. He's also 29. Uh, KJ Wright's 32. Let's see, Kyle Wilbur. Kyle Wilbur's, I know, is up there. Yeah, he's 32. He's not bad. Um, he can kind of serve as like a you know inside kind of rotation. Um, they lost Markel Lee. He signed with the Bills. Um, and Littleton. Now, Littleton is a free agent. He's 28, but I could see the Raiders bringing him back. Because, um, I mean, he it's not like he's bad. Uh, he was with the Rams for a long time, then he went to the Raiders. Um, I feel like he's a decent, very decent fill-in, nonetheless. Um, so, yeah, I think, and hell, the Raiders might even be in for Bobby Wagner. If that's the case, they're going to have the oldest linebacking core, but they're going to have the most experienced linebacking core, um, nonetheless. Um but yeah, I'm going to take a quick break because for whatever reason, um, Anchor only allows me to record up to 30 minutes on my web browser. Um, so I'm going to take a quick break, uh, get this edited, get this started, and then we'll go into part two of the episode. So stay tuned, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Welcome back for part two, everyone. Um, and of course, like, like I mentioned earlier, I am waiting for something big to break right in the middle while I'm doing this because apparently... Sean Watson has decided to change his mind about waving the Cleveland Browns off of his radar. Apparently he's changed his mind and said, Hey, I will potentially play for Cleveland depending on what they're willing to give me. Again, I'm going to save that for the end because again, right about the time I do that is when he's going to change his mind. It's going to happen. Hopefully I can break it on the podcast. Um, in the meantime, though, we are going to talk about a team that, you know, I feel like, Uh, Okay, so apparently the Browns are prepared to give Deshaun Watson a new deal. 
uh, would be 184 million over the first four years of his contract. Uh, it's a 48 million dollar raise over the 136 he was scheduled to make over the same four years in the previous contract. It'd be a 12 million dollar a year raise in that span. Um, now the big question is though, is what talent then are you going to be able to afford to give Deshaun? You have an awesome offensive line, which I think is what he was looking for. Um, you have Amari Cooper as your wide receiver. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones, but that's about it. Um, but you do have a hell of a tandem in a two running back headed monster. So, I mean, I get it. Um, again, I'm going to wait for that, though, because I'm waiting for it to break, and then I can break it on here. Um, something that broke yesterday, though, that as the not biggest Packers fan, especially not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. Um, Devontae Adams is traded to the Raiders, keeping on the Raiders topic, uh, traded to them for basically their first round pick this year and a second round pick this year, um, which now means that Green Bay now holds two of the, well, sorry, four of the top 60 picks in the draft this year, which is great. Um, but none of your wide receivers that you would potentially look for in this draft are going to be there. And it's sad because <laughs> is will Green Bay take a wide receiver in the first round this year now that Devontae is gone? If they do, this will be the first time in 20 years that Green Bay will have taken a first-round wide receiver since 2002. They haven't really had to. You know, you, you, they, they haven't really needed to. For a long time, they, they could just draft really well. You look at Randall Cobb. I think Randall Cobb was a second-round pick. I think the same for Devontae. Um, you know, they had Donald Driver for an extremely long time. You had Greg Jennings. You had Jordy Nelson. You had all these receivers that none of them were technically first round. You know, they, were, they weren't picked out of the first round. But now they're going to kind of have to. Um, and so now the big question is, you know, who does Green Bay take now in the first round as a wide receiver? Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is out. Um, he's a free agent. Uh, if they want speed, they're probably going to look at Ohio State's Chris Olave, maybe Alabama's uh, Jamison Williams. They both, you know, ran you know four fours in their forty. Uh, they could potentially go after Penn State's uh, Jahan Dotson, North Dakota State's Christian Watson, maybe. But again, that's that's just speed. I don't necessarily need you to just run fast. I want you to be able to also catch the ball. Um, which to me is my big thing is, is that now currently as it sits, their wide receiver core consists of Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Malik Taylor, Rico Gafford, Juwan Winfrey, Namari Rogers. Oh, and Chris Blair. Now Chris Blair hasn't caught any, any passes from Rogers. Um, so he's got no career receiving yards from him. Uh, Randall Cobb has almost 7,200 at Lazard almost has 15, and then the next highest is 80 from Malik Turner. Amari Rogers has 45. So this is why I laugh at this more than anything. 
is because now we're going to truly see who Aaron Rodgers is as a quarterback. Not saying he can't win. Obviously, he won last year um, without Devontae for a couple of games. You know, they hell, they beat the Arizona Cardinals of all teams without Devontae, without some of his top players. So, you know, this, this is really going to be the true test if Aaron can do it or not. Now, if I'm Green Bay, because Aaron Rodgers basically had you by the cojones, you know, you 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 overly reached with Jordan Love to no end. Nobody was going to take Jordan Love that high off the board. I, I promise you guys, nobody was going to take any type of look at Jordan Love and say, we are going to spend a first round pick on that guy. Absolutely nobody was going to do that. He's probably a third, fourth round type guy, if not even later. Utah State's not known for good quarterbacks. And it ain't even like he made a lot of noise that same year. So I don't know why they would even remotely consider that, but that's, that's beyond me. Um, If I'm green Bay, I'm going to look at Aaron and be like, no, make it work. You, and, and this is why I have an issue with Aaron in particular, because Aaron always wants to cry that he's a victim. Oh, well, you know, if some of these guys would catch the ball, you know, or if they would do this, if they would do that, you know, we, you know, maybe, maybe we're in a different situation. Maybe we're in a different spot or, or crazy thought, you don't just have to force it to Devante and you don't have to do these dink and dunk crap all the time with Aaron Jones. Like you don't, you can throw to somebody else. Oh, well I threw to my tight end. I bet you did. Like, that's it, though. Like, everything else, you're forcing the ball to Devontae. Like, yeah, no wonder no wonder you can't move on from anything because you only force it to him. Do something different. And then they get, and then he gets mad because, oh, people figured it out now. Devontae's triple covered. I'm just going to throw it down there. Oh, man, I might throw an interception. Who cares? Make a play. Take a chance. If you would do that, you'd probably be in another Super Bowl if not at least competing for one. Like, this this is what aggravates me so much with Aaron. You know, oh, well, I want to have more say in the players. I want to have more say in, in who stays, who goes. I want to have more say. I want to have more say. Okay, Aaron, let's hear what you got. Okay, so, so here are the three players that he wanted to bring back into Green Bay. He wanted to bring back Randall Cobb. Okay, wouldn't necessarily want to do that. He wanted to bring back Clay Matthews. Extremely old. Uh, Didn't want to do that. And... Sorry, I'm making sure that I'm up to date on everything with uh, Deshaun. Uh, and wanted Jake Kumaro, who he didn't even didn't even make that big of a difference with Aaron as his quarterback. And then they they let his his quarterbacks coach go. I can kind of see the quarterback coach go like, "Hey, man, you know, I really liked him. You know, I I worked really well with him. You know, why why did y'all get rid of him? Now that that I can get. But why do you want a bunch of old dudes in their thirties just so you can be like? 
we're gonna get the band back together like it it just makes zero zero sense and it has officially happened so deshaun has been traded to the browns as per the bleacher report in exchange for three first round picks and two additional picks per the browns so either they're gonna trade baker or they're gonna let him go um but I'll, I'll finish up with uh, the Packers real quick. Um, yeah, I don't really feel bad for Aaron. I'm not. I think maybe the, I think they'll probably will take a um, a wide receiver in the first round. Um, but I don't I don't really see. I don't see it being a good wide receiver. I definitely don't see it being of Devontae Adams quality. Um, so this is awesome. I finally get to break on my podcast about Deshaun Watson getting traded to the Cleveland Browns, which is really surprising. I thought he was going to go to an NFC team. Um, it was supposed to be narrowed down to the Falcons and to, uh, saints The Panthers were out because they apparently weren't prepared to give him uh, guaranteed money past 2023. Uh, but the other teams were completely prepared, uh, and completely willing to do that. Um, apparently changed his mind, wants to go to Cleveland, now, there's good and bad with this, Deshaun. You're going to a much more difficult division. You have to face Joe Burrow. You have to face Lamar Jackson. Um, Mitchell Trubisky and at least a Steelers team as a whole that's not going to be exactly easy to have to overcome. Um, so there there is potential with that. Uh, but you're you're going to a much more difficult division than you are in the AFC South where... You have the Colts, who, as much as I love the Colts, can't get a quarterback figured out. The Titans, you, the Titans are pretty much still kind of the juggernaut of that division, just because of Derrick Henry. Um, and Jacksonville, Jacksonville is at least making a lot of also very good offseason moves, very quietly. A lot of guys that I think are more, you know, they've either been hurt, they're kind of number two guys, if they're reaching for number one. But as far as getting Jacksonville better as a collective talent whole and, you know, at least having pieces there like, hey, we're going to put this stuff in place. We can build around this, you know, and they have Trevor Lawrence, maybe Travis Etienne actually, you know, is going to be the running back. We'll see. Um, but at least the talents there are now Houston. Houston can potentially rebuild for the future. Um, and now Deshaun Watson at least has a solid wide receiver in Amari Cooper. Um, now the other question is who else is he going to throw to? He still has David Njoku who signed the franchise tag, um, who I think I feel bad for David Njoku because he got kind of lost, got lost because of the whole Austin Hooper thing, which I I thought was really dumb. I feel like David is actually really solid. Um, poor dude just is is hurt. It's kind of one of those. It reminds me of Jordan Reed with Washington. Like the dude just had to be the sole pinnacle of your offense. So he's having to do more and he's getting hurt because of it. Um, but I mean, if it, I'm personally excited for Deshaun though, I'm excited to see what he does for Cleveland. I'm really excited for Cleveland because now you really do have your franchise quarterback, um, that they're going to pay a ridiculous amount of money for. I probably already read it. Um, Deshaun is apparently going to get a fully guaranteed five year, $230 million contract. It's $80 million more than uh, the previous record for fully guaranteed money, which is 150 million. Um, so it is, it's going to be solid. And I think for Cleveland, this gives them somebody they can believe in. 
I think Cleveland is going to open him, you know, welcome him with open arms. I'm really surprised he didn't try to push a little bit more for Atlanta, especially because he's from Georgia. And I feel like Atlanta could have very, very easily um, welcomed him with open arms as well. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm excited for Deshaun. I'm excited for uh, the AFC North. I'm really, I'm just excited for this whole NFL uh, offseason because now you talk about spreading talent around, you talk about teams, you know, just really competing for this is, we have to go all in right now to make a difference. Um, and Cleveland has put themselves back on the map. They said, you know what, we can't do it with Baker. We think we can do it if we have a solid quarterback like Deshaun. So I'm excited for this. Um, again, thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. I hate to kind of cut it awkwardly short, especially with the whole Deshaun Watson thing breaking, but there's only so much I can cover without a whole bunch of awkward silence in the middle. Um, but again, thank you guys. And I will, I promise I'll be releasing more episodes as soon as, as soon as stuff comes out. And I am so, so excited for this off season and what's going to happen next. So again, thank you all. Please like share and subscribe. Please let me know how I do. Um, I'm on discord. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, please follow me there. You know, message me, tell me what you like, what you don't like. Um, and yeah, I will see y'all later. Have a good rest of your day and let's enjoy this off season.